Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Moneymaker, the podcast that gives you the tools to enrich your life in every sense of the word. I'm your host, Nelly Galan. Let's get started. Janet, thank you for sharing your story because it's an amazing story. And I want everybody to hear how you ended up in Hollywood from where you began. I was born in Queens, New York. My parents had come over in the late 40s. China. From China. They came over to study. They were going to get graduate degrees and then go back to China. 1949, the revolution hits. And they're like, what? the heck are we going to do now? So that's when they decided we have to now settle in America. And we were the only Asian family in our yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, you grew up in a neighborhood that was very Jewish. So we, we moved when I was five to uh, Long Island. And to me, America was Jewish. I didn't know until I left home that there was an America that was not Jewish. 1972, I went from being a Jewish girl growing up on Long Island to someone who suddenly discovered that she actually had roots elsewhere. My parents, who sorely missed their family, said, we've got to go back. So there I was in China, 15 years old, and my eyes are opened up to this place. It moved me and I decided I had to learn Chinese and know more. And ironically, my parents who kept encouraging us to be more Chinese, suddenly when I, in college, declared Chinese studies as my major, they said, oh my God, what are you gonna do with that? And this stubborn American side of me defied my parents and I just continued on this path that I had no idea it was gonna lead, but I just, I couldn't not follow this. So my first job out of college was working in New York in publishing, working for this magazine, so I was able to accompany the editor on these interviews to some very well-known authors. And I could have probably st- gone down that path and been in the publishing world in New York. But no, instead, I pick up and I move to Beijing. You did? I did. Working at the Foreign Languages Press, and they publish magazines and books for export. And that Aubrey. sounded sexy to you. <laughs> it sounded like an experience that I had to have. I was there in China in 1980-81. It was an amazing time. I met a lot of now very, very famous artists and, and writers. I started to watch films and TV, and that's when I had the epiphany, which has pretty much shaped the rest of my life, which is that, oh my God, Chinese can be in front of the camera too. We can play all these different roles. I did not realize how much I was deprived of these images and also how biased I was because I thought we could only occupy a very narrow slice of American society as nerds, as scientists, as mathematicians. My worldview had been so thoroughly shaped by Western media and entertainment and that if there was a way to change that, if you could get behind the camera and make be part of the decision-making process of what to put in front of the camera, that great things could happen. And fortunately, during that time, I started organizing these Chinese film festivals, and I met so many wonderful people at the time. Oliver Stone would come, who later was some, became a very, very close collaborator of mine. When I graduated from business school, I took the one job that I was interested in and was qualified for, which was to run a company in San Francisco that was showing Chinese films. And I think when you have an instinct about what's going on in the world and it melds with your passion, that's 
that's that ends up being luck. By the way, you know that I had the same experience with people telling me the Latino market what? And I was like, are these people crazy? Do they not get it? You see it, right? You and, see something. And then you're they, there first. Yes. And there's something about that in business. As I'm doing this job, I suddenly get a call from somebody at MCA Universal. He read about me in a San Francisco paper about China and film, and he had also a vision for opening up the China market to American films. So he hired me to represent Universal as well as MGMUA and Paramount to sell the first American films to China. And so. During that period, get a call from Kathy Kennedy's office. Kathleen Kennedy was a longtime producer for Steven Spielberg. So they said, we are interested in making a movie in China. We could really use your help. The next thing I know, I'm on loan to Warner Brothers for the movie Empire of the Sun to get set up, get all the permissions for the biggest movie ever to be made in China. And so I was there literally for six months. All of a sudden, China's hot, people are making yes. films. Yes, and there I am and having the time of my life and finally realizing this is what I really want to do, which is to make movies, clicked. I was like, oh, this is how my mission gets to be fully realized. And that's proven in the next stage of my life. Kathy did ask me to be the executive working on their projects at the time it was at Amblin Entertainment. Not a position by ordinary standards that I really was really qualified for. But it's a lot of life. This whole world is about people and connections. Exactly. And it was relationships. And, you, and particularly in the entertainment business, you want to be around people you like. It's as simple as that. You know, one of the people who I told you used to come to my Chinese film festival, Oliver Stone, so he was setting up his own company. And I basically went to him and I said, Oliver, you need me to run your company. He did end up hiring me. What are some of the movies you made during So, the well, the one that you so generously is Joy Luck Club. I think that movie was the first time that I thought about women as self-made because mm. the movie was so much about self-esteem. Because for those of us that come from traditional cultures, we so often spend time not declaring our worth. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And that, that, that project came about because when I started reading it and I started crying because I'd never read anything that was so close to my life. How did you get that made though? I still don't even know how you got that made. <laughs> you have to seize the moment, carpe diem. And I said, Oliver, if we do nothing else, you must read this book. This has got, this will make a great movie. And we knew we had every strike against us. For starters, all female cast, all Asian female cast. How do you even get over that hurdle? You it didn't have big stars then. No stars. A year goes by, the deal isn't done. The whole the, thing's falling apart. The whole thing's falling apart. Went to every studio. Jeffrey Katzenberg at Disney says, I want to do this. We had one believer and he made the movie. The most gratifying thing has touched people, has touched not just Chinese or Asians, has touched all, all kinds of people, anybody who's a parent, anybody who's a child. Anyway, so I leave uh, after seven years with Oliver and it was around that time where a movie called Crouching Tiger came out and broke records in terms of a foreign language of film and it got me thinking a lot about China again. So it's like this journey. Full circle. It's so coming full circle. And in the meantime, of course, I've had a child. My son was born in 1998 and my output film-wise is definitely diminished. I'm, I'm at home. Then I make one of the most difficult decisions in my life. I separate from his father. We share custody and it's not very pleasant. And then he announces to me that he wants to move back to Boulder, Colorado and he wants Jan to go with him. And I agree to it. And literally at that moment, make the decision. I'm called in to have meetings at Disney, and they said, will you go 
make Chinese movies for us. Had I not made that decision, I would I would have said no. The timing was just really uncanny. I spent a lot of time in China making two movies back to back. One for Disney, a Chinese version of High School Musical, and one independent film called Shanghai Calling. 2012, many dramatic things happen. My son's father dies. It was meant to be that he lived with him. I was so glad I let him go have that experience with his father. My son happily comes back to live with me. And it was also the year they started making big blockbusters. And I feel like the world is now at my doorstep instead of my going out there in the sense that in case people don't already know, their Chinese box office will exceed America's in a year or two. This has never happened before in the history of Hollywood. And for the first time, I feel like there's grand support for what I've always wanted to do. So what's your goal for the future? So I do feel like I'm embarking on a whole new phase, perhaps the most entrepreneurial, because this is truly, truly, you know, virgin territory. Never before has there been a situation where there was a market the size of China's where every major player wants to get in there. So I'm finding myself at the nexus of all this. And my goal is to bring the best of East and West together, because I think this is exactly both what Hollywood needs and what China needs. Moneymaker is a production of Money News Network. Moneymaker is written and hosted by me, Nelly Galan. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. Thanks for listening. See you next time.